You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Odds and Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And on today's show, we're doing a deep dive in the, some of the data with Oregon football and the recruiting that Mario Cristobal has done. And quite frankly, we've never seen anything like this before at Oregon. And the way things are trending, it's going to get even better. I want to remind Duck fans out there real quick, if you are not a subscriber to DuckTerritory.com, that's a great way to support this podcast, which we do for free. And you can do so by signing up for just as low as $1 for your first month at DuckTerritory.com. $1 for your first month, $9.95 there after that. Inside Scoop, you get to join a great Oregon Duck community with a lot of Duck fans, a lot of knowledgeable Duck fans. And you also get to read the 24-7 Sports Network and all of its stories, all of its content, message boards across the country, across conferences, schools. You don't just get the Oregon side. You get the entire story by subscribing to DuckTerritory.com. So highly encourage you guys to do that. All right, so on this podcast, Eric and I earlier last month, or earlier, I, I should say end of June, we were recording some shows, and one of the things we were talking about, I think it was a mailbag maybe. Um, yeah, I don't remember. And we've recorded so many, Matt. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know what we do. I don't even know what podcast this is yet. <laughs> it was, it was, we were discussing recruiting and we both kind of were talking about how, you know, a lot of the program's best players at each position are on the roster right now and program history. And it spurned the idea of, well, let's look into how, how many recruits is Mario Cristobal responsible in signing at Oregon and how many of those guys are rated as four and five stars and how does that compare to previous coaches? And the data is pretty staggering because we're entering year three of Mario Cristobal as the head coach. And that's how we're you know dictating things. Cristobal, this is year four for him on campus, but year three as head coach and He's outpacing, and some of this stuff is pretty ridiculous, of how much further ahead he is than coaches like, obviously, you know, Helfrich and Chip Kelly were, were right around the same time frame that, that Mario Cristobal has now. But he's outpacing Mike Bellotti. Um, Rich Brooks doesn't even count in this group. And we're talking about two coaches, though, in Chip and, and Helfrich, who – helped bring Oregon to a point where they became a national brand. They became a top program. And now Cristobal has built on that foundation and has is almost close to completing a basically like a mansion remodel because this, how much, how much talent he's been able to, to acquire and to assimilate into the program. I like that a mansion remodel. That's exactly right. Um, and this, this from a recruiting perspective, the mansion has never looked better. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, it's got all the bells and whistles. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty spectacular. Cause so we're looking through here and I'm just going to start with the baseline numbers, which are pretty staggering. So um, over the course of the last, we'll go back to 2001. So the last 20 years, that's where recruiting for two, four, seven kind of started. That was the origination was, was the right, the beginning of uh, the turn of the century. So back since 2001, Oregon has 
signed or gotten verbal commitments, and I'm saying verbal commitments because the 2021 class, which are currently not signed recruits, but are committed and do take part in this all-time recruiting um, commitment list, we're going to sign 145 four- or five-star recruits. 45 of those have taken place over the last four cycles that Cristobal has led. That's 2018, which he inherited from Willie Taggart. 2019 and 20, which we all know um, took place the last couple of years in 2021, which is in, in progress and looks like it's going to be the best recruiting class in program history. So 31% of the 145 four and five-star recruits since 2001 have taken place over the last four cycles. And really it's like the last three and a half cycles because 2021 is still very much in progress. They only have 15 verbal commitments at the time of this recording. Could easily see that number in 2021, which is currently 11, four or five star recruits, that could be 16 or 17, maybe by the end of this class, who knows? Um, and looking at it even a little more closely, five of the 13 five stars have been signed by Mario Cristobal. That's 38.5% of the school's all time five star recruits have come under the Mario Cristobal era. And if you just look at four stars specifically, 40 out of the 132 four stars were signed or verbal commitments under Mario Cristobal, that's 30.3%. So you're looking at this going, the last four years has basically accounted for close to a third, maybe two fifths of the program's four and five star, which we consider elite recruits over the last 20 years. I mean, that's just staggering. What do you think about when you hear something like that, Matt, that like 40% of Oregon's, let's call them the elite recruits, have been landed over the course of the last four cycles. And before that, the previous 16 years accounted for like 16% of it. I think that's just amazing. Yeah, it, it, it's quite honestly astounding. I mean, it, I, I, can't, I can't fathom you – know, you, you can't project something like this. You can't sit here and, and predict it's going to go this well this quickly um, and – and do it with full confidence. And yet here we are, that's where we're at. And I, I look at this and think Cristobal has a reputation of being an elite recruiter. I think that's been validated <laughs> tenfold sure since his, since his arrival at Oregon. And I think what's more impressive about it is none of these guys have been Pacific Northwest recruits. None of these guys are recruits that you could literally say we're going to hop in a car and in six hours we're going to be in Eugene and five hours we're going to be in Eugene and four hours we're going to be in Eugene. You know, it's going to take 10 hours for one of the five-star recruits that Cristobal has landed. That's Troy Franklin in a 2021 recruiting class about 10 hours for him to drive to Eugene. It, so it's not like he's in a recruiting hotbed. You know, it, it's not like he can just hop in the car and spend four hours and stop by six different high schools. And in that time period, he checks in on three five-star recruits and, and seven more four-star players. Like that's just not possible in Eugene. Um, the, 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 the recruiting base here isn't that strong. And to, so to be able to do that in a, in a manner, in a location where he has to travel a good distance to, to visit these guys on the most part, and still have this type of success is, is pretty impressive. And I think more impressive than the fact that 40% of these five stars have landed during his time here. It's more so he's, he's gone out and, and, and landed them from all over. Um, not 
not just, you know, in his immediate area. He's gone out all over the place. He's gone to Missouri to, to get Dante Manning. Uh, he has gone to California to get Kayvon Thibodeau and also Troy Franklin and also Justin Flo. He's gone to Utah to land Panay Sewell, uh, his younger brother, Noah Sewell. Uh, strange transition there. Um, nice but he, he's gone across the country to, to, to go after these guys. And, and yeah, most of them have originated out West, but he still has, it still takes almost a day's time to recruit these players. And I think that's pretty impressive where at Alabama or in the state of Florida or in the state of California at USC or UCLA or in Texas, those coaches, they can visit multiple five-star recruits in a two or three hour span. Let me raise you those, and, and I wasn't even going to bring this up on the podcast, but we're talking geography, and I just came across this a couple of days ago looking at other classes in 2021 that Oregon was close to. North Carolina is ranked fourth in football recruiting in 2021. That probably shocks everyone, and I was kind of going like, boy, how are they doing this? 14 of their 16 commitments are in-state recruits. They have 11 four-star recruits that are committed from their own home state in their class. Like, just think about how that's different from Oregon. That's incredible. Um, I mean, it just goes to like, and I don't want to turn this into opposite of what we're going against in the show notes, but it it goes to what's going on up in the state of Washington right now with um, Jimmy Lake and the Washington Huskies and and the opportunity that is slipping through their fingers because you look at the state of Washington and the recruits that are coming from the state of Washington in the 2021 recruiting class. And then you look at how many of them are looking at org at Washington. And it's just, it's a head slapper. If you're a Husky fan, they have three five-star recruits that are all top 10 players. They have one verbal commitment. They're not trending for the other two. They also have six more recruits that are four-star athletes in their, in their state. They have commitments from one of them. Three others have committed elsewhere. Uh, a couple of them maybe are leaning towards Washington, but you go down the list and just look at three, the three-star recruits, and I'm counting six, seven more guys that are, that are Pac-12 caliber players in the state of Washington, and that's why it's so important when, if you are in a state that produces that much talent, you have to secure it because it makes your job so much easier. Really quick, I want to run through kind of just comparing – what Cristobal's done this last four years to what Oregon did over the course of uh, the rest of the 2010 decade from a four and five star recruit perspective. Cause that was what I was trying to track in this. I just found this to be pretty interesting. So each of the last four cycles that Cristobal has been responsible for Oregon has signed at least 10, four and five star recruits before this decade or sorry, before these four years, they had just two years during the previous eight years where they did such a, where they landed 10 or more. I mean, that again, just points to it. I mean, there were four consecutive years from 2014 to 2017. And mind you, think about that timeline, 2014, 2015, those sort of recruiting classes are when Oregon had just played for a national championship. They just won a Heisman trophy. They had seven, four or five star recruits in 2014. They had six in 2015. They had six in 2016 and they had five in 2012. That four year span there is it's pretty. It's a just a drastic difference than what we've seen these last four cycles, where they took twelve in twenty eighteen, twelve in twenty nineteen, 
10 in 2020, but three were uh, five-star recruits. And then 11 so far in 2020. Nice <laughs> it's, what, what's that? It's a nice butt, but these guys were five-star recruits. They're not. But these guys were five stars, so they're pretty good. So they they count a little bit more. Um, you, but I, you just look through it, and, and again, I mean, Oregon recruiting. I, I should say, right around the beginning of the 2010s, and this is under Chip Kelly, and he deserved maybe more credit. And, and I think in retrospect, I always thought he, I know he maybe dragged his feet on recruiting, but the results were decent because in 2010 they had 11 and a five, one five-star. 2011 they had nine and one five star in 2012 they had 11 and one five star 2013 started the downturn it was eight and then after that I read through the stuff before seven six six and five but the trend is really significant for Oregon in 2021 and and going on and I think the thing I said earlier is also true is that Oregon has 11 in 2021 right now and I wouldn't be stunned at all if that number is 15 16 maybe even 17 by the time the cycle is finished Um, Oregon only has you know, 15 verbal commitments when we're recording this, they could sign eight more guys, nine more guys, 10 more guys. What if seven or eight of those might, what if all of them are five or four or five star recruits, they could sign upwards of 20 this year, um, which is just pretty remarkable. Yeah. And I think that's why this program is starting to surge and climb up the pecking order nationally is because yeah, they're signing more five stars than they've ever signed before year to year. And that helps tremendously. But it's, it's what happens after that is they're not taking as many low three-star commits as they used to. They're not taking as many mid-tier three-stars as they, as they used to take. They're, they're loading up on more four-star players. And the four-star players that they're signing, more of them are top 200 players. More of them are top 100 players. More of them are top 50 players in the country. And so they're, they're adding better talent and they're adding more of it. And that is how, when, when your second team and your third unit is, and guys are transferring out of the program as four-star recruits because they can't play and there's, they're struggling to find playing time, that's a sign that your team is extremely deep and Oregon's getting to that point. I just looked this up and I want to mention this. It, it, kind of an interesting thing for, for Oregon football recruiting fans to trend, uh, to, a trend to follow here. Oregon State all time has 17 four or five star verbal commitments or signings. Oregon this year already has 11. They could sign theoretically more four or five star recruits in the 2021 recruiting class alone than Oregon State has signed in the last 20 years. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, it just shows you just how, how good Oregon is doing right now on the recruiting trail and how long I think they will continue to do as long as Crystal Ball is here. Uh, recruiting for the Oregon Ducks. All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to discuss on the other end some of the recruits that Eric and I feel like maybe have helped tip the scale in favor of Oregon early on in Crystal Ball's timeline here with the Ducks to get them to where they're recruiting at such a high level today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Prame. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And before the break, we were teasing it. Uh, Eric and I are going to discuss some of the, the early commitments for Mario Cristobal that we just view as these were big wins. Maybe when he didn't have, per se, the track record at Oregon that helped him establish a, a, a culture, helped him win the Rose Bowl, win the Pac-12 championship, and set himself up on a class right now that's projecting to – you know, potentially be the number one class in the country. Um, Eric, I'll go first. And I think you and I may have a couple of these guys on, on both our lists. And the first one I have is Penny Sewell. Yep. And this came during the 2018 recruiting class. It was technically his first class, but he had just assumed – the head coach responsibilities. Um, and they announced his signing, I think a little bit later on in the process. I think he, I think he was a, a, a January, a February commitment, if I remember right. Um, opposed to the early signing day period, but Sewell isn't, he's not even a top 20 all time commit in program history. He's the 21st commit in program history. He was the second best offensive tackle, the 57th best player in the country in that 2018 recruiting class. But I feel like, the addition of Sewell elevated Oregon's offensive line the last two seasons. He's a total culture guy. Everything that Cristobal wants along his offensive line, his team uh, on and off the field. And I think it was a clear sign of, Hey, Oregon typically doesn't get this caliber of an offensive lineman and we're bringing him in and he's going to become one of the best players in the country. And he's instantly going to make our, our team better. And the crazy thing here is Penny Sewell is the seventh highest rated recruit of the Mario Cristobal era at Oregon. There are six recruits that were supposedly better. Um, and think a lot of it's just his impact on the field and how, what that says for the other guys. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I think this was an easy one. This was, this was a first really big win for Mario. Not, the, not, not that it was the only one because, like I said earlier, I mean, they still managed to, to land 12 four-stars um, in 2018, and, and Sewell was the most highly regarded of the group. But um, – this was a this was not an easy recruiting battle necessarily. Uh, he was they were up against Alabama. Uh, they were up against Utah, where he was from. I know USC was involved. I don't think they were maybe quite as big of a factor as the other schools. But um, this was a situation where Oregon went head to head with some big time schools for one of the top offensive line recruits in the country, and they won. And it's not just that they won. It, it, I think you also have to acknowledge the fact that what Sewell has done on the field, like you said, has elevated the program. When you have an Outland Trophy winner as a sophomore. Um, who's a left tackle and a projected number one overall pick, potentially, or a top three pick, depending upon how it plays out. I think that's really, really significant from a recruiting perspective, from a national perception perspective. So um, I think Penny Sewell, to me, this, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if we're doing these in order, if we're just kind of naming guys that we think were big 
But to me, he was my number one choice just because I think that set the groundwork for what we've seen the last couple of years, his success. And I think, let's be honest with, I mean, like the, the way Oregon's recruiting on the offensive line with, with three, four stars and Bram Walden is, is another one of the more highly regarded offensive linemen Oregon has ever signed. I think a lot of that doesn't take place if, if Penny Sewell goes to Alabama or Utah. 100%. I agree with that. Um, my next one is a guy way down the list all time in the commit list for Oregon's football program, but similar, same class, 2018, Javon Holland. Yeah. Um, I, I originally didn't have him on this list and then I did. He committed to Willie Taggart and then Oregon was able to do a really good job when Taggart left for Florida state that Cristobal was able to get him to Eugene, I think for an unofficial visit, maybe an official visit late in that December of their period. They were getting ready for the Vegas Bowl. Holland was one of the guys that was here, and he was a guy that remained committed to Cristobal and the Oregon football program. And look at how impactful he has been. I mean, Panay Sewell has, on the offensive side, justifiably so, has garnered a ton of the attention for that 2018 class. But Holland is another one that is – being billed as one of the best players in college football this upcoming season. I mean, Fox Sports is a big noon kickoff. Their, their college football show on Saturdays, they pulled their panelists for who are the five best players defensively in the country. And all five, I think all five of their, of their analysts and their hosts included Kayvon Thibodeau in their top five. One of them included Reggie Bush. One of them included Javon Holland as a top five player in the country. PFF, uh, says Javon Holland is one of the best cornerbacks in the country. I think ESPN has Holland as a top 10 pick in their mock draft uh, in the, in the, for this upcoming draft. And, and this is a guy that the 60th best commit in program history, he was a 13th best safety coming out of Bishop O'Dowd in Oakland, California, uh, a guy that, that has led the team in interceptions the last two seasons. Uh, first player to do that since Jarius Bird did it, and I believe 2007 and 2008, or maybe 2006 and 2007. Can't quite remember the, the exact time frame there, but nonetheless, Jarius Bird was a longtime player in the NFL, really, really good college football player, and Holland is going down a similar track uh, as Bird did. And I think being able to secure Holland and as important as Penesol has been for the offense, you could argue that that Holland has been equally as important on the defensive side of the ball. Mentioned earlier, Oregon has signed five of their 13 five-star recruits during the Mario Cristobal era. How about one of us picks one of those five stars? Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is probably so obvious, but he's the highest rated player Oregon has ever signed. Um, He was the second rated player nationally in his class. We saw the contributions on the field. And I think that's a part that, maybe gets overlooked a little bit is that it's, it's one thing for a recruit to come in with the expectations that Kayvon Thibodeau has. It's another for him to come in and live up to it. And he absolutely did that last year. It was sort of a slow start because he had to work his way into the starting lineup. But once he did, we saw what happened. Um, that was a big recruiting win as well. Um, you think about the fact that I think Alabama made a big push at the end there. They really wanted him as well. Uh, think about schools like that that want a player. Obviously, a player of his caliber is going to have his pick of schools. But Alabama was one of those schools that was – that was after him along with every other school basically in the country. And and Oregon was able to go in and hold off these heavy hitters and land a blue chip top rated recruit nationally. 
in Thibodeau. And like I said, what he's done on the field has been huge. And I also think it's significant that it's, and it's not a mistake that they went out and landed a five-star in Thibodeau in 2019. And the next class, they went out and landed three other five-star recruits. I don't think that's an accident. I think the fact that you go out and you bring in these type of guys, especially guys from the Los Angeles area, that's a huge, huge thing. And I think we saw that happen with Thibodeau goes to Oregon in 2019. The next year you see Justin Flo, another guy from similar part of the state of California, sees there's some talent up there at Oregon and Thibodeau. And I'm not saying he wouldn't have ended up at Oregon if not for Thibodeau, but I don't think that hurt things. And I do think that recruitment in 2019 started getting the ball rolling a little bit in terms of Oregon can actually go out and land basically any of these guys. Like I think it felt like for a while there was a cap on it and Oregon had never landed a top well, the best recruit prior to Thibodeau was Haloti Nod, and he was the 10th-rated recruit nationally. And that came in 2002. Oregon had not landed a five-star recruit uh, who was ranked anywhere near that range since 2011. So, uh, and that was DeAnthony Thomas. So I think the Thibodeau thing kind of broke the, the seal there, and now we're starting to see it work for other five-star recruits. Yeah, Thibodeau was going to be my next guy as well. And for reasons that you just mentioned is I, I, I think his success – open the door and the eyes of other five-star recruits like Flo, like Sewell, to like Dante Manning saying, hey, I could come to Oregon and I could have success at Oregon like other players are having success at Clemson or USC or Alabama or Florida, what have you. And we're seeing guys, you know, be more open and more receptive to Oregon. And I think I'm not going to talk much about Thibodeau, because you explained exactly what I would have said. But I think this is why the Troy Franklin commitment is going to be such a big deal for Oregon on the offensive side of the football yep. in 2021 and, and beyond. Because if Troy Franklin shows up for the 2021 football season, he's a five-star recruit in the 2021 recruiting class. He shows up and he has a similar career arc that Thibodeau is currently going on that's going to open the floodgates for a ton of other receivers or less skilled position players that are maybe considering Oregon and having a little bit of hesitancy of, Hey, do I want to go to Oregon? Are they, they don't produce a ton of you know, NFL players at the receiver position. Is it in my best interest to go here or should I go to the traditional school? If Troy Franklin balls out and does what Thibodeau is doing right now, but at receiver, we're going to see an influx of talent at the receiver spot and, potentially at the tight end spot as well, because they're also pass catchers uh, and guys that look at Oregon and say, I can do this closer to home. I don't have to go to a school outside of the conference to, to be showcased as an elite receiver, or I don't have to go and sit on the bench for a year and a half at USC and, 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 and wait for my turn. I can go to Oregon and do it right away. So I, I think that's why the Troy Franklin commitment is such a big deal. My last one here, similar to Matt's pick of Holland, isn't one of those five-star, top-tier rated recruits, very highly regarded, but it's Tyler Shuck. And I think back to that 2018 class and the way it was kind of unfolding, and um, he had been committed to North Carolina. I remember watching him as a North Carolina recruit um, at the opening that summer and being really impressed and kind of wondering, like, why, why, why wouldn't Oregon have been involved here? Um, and, and Oregon had prioritize some other recruitments earlier on. I think they had a commitment from Colson Yankoff um, and that fell through eventually. Um, but Chuck was somebody that they kind of, I wouldn't say it was under the radar how they landed him, but it, it kind of came together pretty quickly. I think they 
found out, you know, that he had some ties to the Eugene area. I think his mom is from Springfield. Um, there was some interests there that maybe hadn't been recognized before and they were able to kind of get things lined up and he ends up committing and signing and holding on to that commitment. We should say, um, because there was obviously a head coaching change later on. He stays true to that. But, uh, Tyler Shuck was a big win, I think for, for Mario Cristobal in terms of that commitment, especially at quarterback. And before, well, I should say when he was, when he signed with Oregon, he was the third highest rated quarterback Oregon had ever earned a verbal commitment from. And of course we have to see what he can do on the field, but Oregon had kind of struggled to find its next quarterback. Um, you look at the recruiting rankings of some of the quarterbacks they landed for the most part, not the top tier elite 11 guys. And the ones that were those kind of guys, you know, you think of like a Travis Johnson didn't pan out very well. So I think that was a huge addition. We got to wait to see how he plays in the field. But um, I think this is one where uh, it was really significant. And, and you've seen in the next couple of cycles, the ability to continue to go out and land some, some really talented quarterbacks. Yeah, Shuck is a big one. And I, I considered putting him on the list and then I swapped him out for Javon Holland. But I, I, it's not because I didn't disagree with my logic or, or yours that you just went through. Because it's without a doubt, I mean, this program is leaning on him to be the, well, the guy. Yeah. Or, you know, whether it's this season or next year. And, you know, they were able to, to secure a, a big-time verbal commitment from a big-time quarterback. And being able to get him now is a big deal. And I think that was one of the early big wins is to be able to keep him committed to the Ducks when he easily could have said, you know what, I'm going to go back to North Carolina where I was committed before that or I'm going to stay home and play at ASU or Arizona or, or some other school. Um, it, it would have made sense when Taggart left, but Cristobal was able to keep him. Um, and I think that's a big win as well for Mario Cristobal early on in his time here at Oregon. So a ton more wins to watch out for. Potentially we'll see how many more guys get added to this 2021 recruiting class. But for, if you were curious if, you know, how maybe this happened and how this has played out, uh, hopefully Eric and I have kind of mapped out some big wins early on that's helped Oregon get to this position um, under Mario Cristobal and the way that they're recruiting is pretty scary. And it's only looking like it's going to be continuing to get better and better, which is pretty remarkable. So hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. You can catch us on the next one coming up here in a couple of days. And until then, you've been listening to the Odds and Audible's podcast. We'll see you later. Talk to you later, fellas. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.